Gandalf. Gandalf. Gown. Gandalf. We're doing a podcast. Hey, Gandalf. Do you want to stop in the blinds and come be the podcast guest? Oh, he's thinking about it. Hello, this is Lisa Russick with the podcast We Are All Psychic. Tonight, I am just here by myself. Of course, not by myself. We've got Gandalf, who is in the blinds. I don't know how to explain it otherwise. Oh, he's making movements. Oh, now he is on the floor. And Einstein, ever faithful, is sitting behind the computer. And he took some gorgeous pictures. And I asked them both if they think we're all psychic. I asked them a lot. I've never asked them on microphone before. I don't know if they'll do anything or like, way in the future they can detect what a cat thought or whatever from a recording in 2023 on a January night. And I will ask Einstein, Einstein, do you think we're all psychic? I heard a little crackle. I don't know what that was. Now, Gandalf, do you think we're all psychic? He shook his head and scratched his ear. His right ear. Left ear, I'm sorry. He's, he's facing me as his right ear. I'm close to that little buzz on the tape. That's pretty interesting. Tonight, I want to talk about grief. I still think we're all psychic. I want to talk about grief. Grief is a tough topic for people to even bring up because it's very personal. And you can't, from what I understand, I haven't been able to, but you can't really relate grief to other people. It's so hard to do because the person you want to express it to is the person who is gone and you can't. This can be somebody who has passed away or this can be somebody who you loved and you had to cut out of your life. It can be a best friend, it can be your husband who is no longer a part of your life and you live together for 40 years. Every day you remember there were four days that you weren't together or something like that, you know? Or a parent who just like turned their back on you or you turn your back on your family. And years go by and however these, these ways of parting may happen, death is the final one, it seems. And grief is so real, and I've never met anyone who can really express their grief. They just tell you, I'm grieving, and they said, I did this because I'm grieving. I'm still grieving. Some people say, you know, I've I've read the the, um, psychology of the, uh, the stages of grief, and I can relate to it from when my cousin died and other things that were, you know, causing me grief and everyone's idea of what causes them grief is different. That seems to be the big one. Um, grief, those, those levels of grief, like they, they make sense in words and structure and logic and, and even in emotions. But what do we do about those emotions when we're experiencing that grief? Everyone's different, I think. I think everyone's different in how they need to do it. And it changes throughout our lives. So if we've reached out to somebody before who wasn't as receptive or didn't know what to say, and we interpret it as something that wasn't, or maybe they really didn't care or whatever, I don't know. It's hard to express it. And some people, uh, I think everyone's experienced grief of some sort. And... On this very day, somebody could have died or been born. 
This very day, nothing at all happened to somebody. On this very day, it could be the biggest moment I've ever happened to them. That's ever happened to them or you. Right now, when you listen to this, it could be that moment. Or you heard this and it was... You remember your moment. This moment of, of just... It's, it's, it's just like... Uh, yeah, it's just gone. It's out of my life. Forever. And ever. And I have had this experience with deaths and relationships. Now Gandalf's getting in the window blinds. You know... I read a thing on the internet, and I love it. I bookmarked it. Hey, come on, Gandalf. Come talk to me about this. You'll love this. It's about you. I'll talk about you, Gand. It was about different colors of cats and what they may mean to us when they come to us in our lives. Now, Einstein and Gandalf were gifts to me from my friend Ponsetta and Portia. And Gandalf is a gray, and Einstein is a lucky cat color. It's kind of like an orangish beige but he looks like the color of Lucky Cat, if you've ever seen Lucky Cat. It's like an orangish beige. And a little tuxedo. They're both handsome. Well, Gandalf. His loss, maybe. You know, he's a kitten. He, he still has nightmares of abandonment, I guess. And uh, Einstein, he has fears of not having food and, and support. And I can see that in their behaviors. I imagine they go much deeper. And when you're a pet lover, or even if you love people, and you can just say to myself, well, they pretend she's talking about my son, or pretend she's talking about another human being that I can relate to, because some people don't relate to animals. But look into those eyes in your mind that you think of when you think of the thing you lost and you will never have again, see again, or experience again, and the grief that came with it if you're going there, or if you're there already, look at it. And look it in the eye in your mind. It'll look back and it'll love you back. It'll show you what love is. Have you ever looked deeply into a cat's eye? A dog's eye? Your mom's eye, your dad's eye, your brother's eye, your sister's eye, your lover's eyes. Best friend's eyes in those moments. That love stays there, those imprints stay there, not just in us, but in the world, in the universe, in the spark of life. They're not useless and wasteless, and time that you could call wasted is never wasted. Never wasted. You learn. You can. And you can grieve if you need to. Never have to feel like that is not acceptable. It's not, don't feel like it's not acceptable. You don't have to say the words. You don't have to, but if you let someone know that something happened, you just don't want to talk about it, you're not feeling too good that day. And I don't know anybody who would bother you about it. In my life, um, mm -mm. if anyone wanted to, then they probably wanted too much from you anyway, if you didn't want to tell that person in particular. I think the biggest grief I suffered have been in stages, griefs, griefs, grievances. <laughs> and they were all about people dying or disappearing from my life. The first was my, um, kind of combined, my cousin Andrew and my grandmother, Russick. They died within a month or so of each other. 
but Andrew hit me hard because I, I saw him that night and then I found out he died in a, in a, in a, in a vision. I saw him talked about it on the podcast. Well, I cried so hard that night and the crying couldn't, I couldn't control it. In the funeral, I, I was 17, I think I did a, we were Catholic. We had a Catholic funeral and, um, it was in Philadelphia, I think media and I remember I did a eulogy, not the eulogy, I think I did a reading. And um, I hadn't felt many emotions since the phone call because uh, I was so baffled by the vision and stunned. And you know what? We, we all have at some time figured out what we're best at in crises. And for me, I've always been good at just like keeping everything calm and taking control and making sure all the candles are burned out if it's a tornado, <laughs> that kind of thing. But was this, uh, you know, the funeral was very calm and, and it was in, you know, the family was Irish and they had a, a wake, it was a wake. The wake is afterwards. Uh, the viewing is before and the wake was afterwards. And the wake, uh, a lot of my cousin's friends were there from Miami and they were his college buddies and they're musicians and artists. And, you know, at that point I was like, yeah, 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 pretty much. I just knew, um, you know, people like me who were in sciences and math and, you know, school groups and Monopoly in, on the weekends <laughs> and video games. That was kind of like my thing. I liked video games. And um, these these people were like so nice to me and they were older than me and they were like, I related to them better than people my own age. And I tried to figure out what it was and I knew what it was. It was music. After Andrew died, I got his guitar and I played. Loved it. Uh, there's a passion when you create and love music and really just the key of the word, the love isn't even the word for it when you just are music sometimes. You just are it. <laughs> Move yourself to dance. That kind of thing, you know, you just, you are the music. And, and sometimes if that, whatever your thing is, is you are the music, whatever that may be, it comes to you. There's there's not a phrase for but, um That's what I learned when I got that guitar that I could like, I had no interests really. And I loved animals and I did, I love veterinary medicine, except of putting the animals to sleep. I didn't want to do it. And then I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I loved animals so much. I knew a lot about them. When I was younger, I didn't have that squeamishness, but then I did. Another loss. Um, a uh, uh, loss was uh, Wendy. She is a best friend. I met her when I was nine and she was 10. And we met on our street um, in our parents' neighborhood in Decatur when we were little. On a rock. There's a rock just sitting out in someone's yard. They have rocks in their yards. The whole, the whole area is filled with rock quarries and stuff. And houses built around the rocks. And... Um, we met there and we both loved nature. We both loved animals. We, we, we kept like one summer we saved tadpoles and I kept a bowl in my room and she kept a bowl in her room. And she said when she moved out from college, like she found one of the frogs cause some of them grew into frogs before it rained again. And you know, they, they just kind of hopped out of the bowls. It was like 1987, 96, I don't know. <laughs> That's just the way it did. <laughs> That's the way it was. And uh, she she died from a lot of complications. 
And, you know, she suffered for a long time, but she never let it show. She never let it show too much. And if she wanted to let it show, she'd feel me out first or anyone out. And then she'd be like, okay. And she wouldn't even let it all show. And I remember a a piece of my grief is holding on to this still to this day. I haven't really thought about it too much. But when I do, it brings a lot of grief up. And and yes, Gandalf, he doesn't like it when mama feels grief. And though, yeah, by the way, the cat color is the gray is the one who gets you out of your head. The white or the the orange is the creation and the white is the creativity. And I saw an orange and white and gray. And uh, yeah, fat. Yeah, okay, Gandalf, am I better? Is he stopped meowing? Okay, so. The grief there for me was... It's hard to say. I mean, it's hard to say without just wanting to to cry is that there was this moment in uh, our a house I lived in, in Hillsborough, she and I were in a hallway outside the bathroom and I held her elbows and she held mine. I said, you're not going to die, Wendy. I know you're not going to die. And she just looked at me and she said nothing and she just cried and she never did that kind of thing. And a little grief part of me holds on to that. Like, I did think she wasn't going to die. It wasn't mine. I just refused it. And for a long time, I was angry at her for dying. And then... Gandalf, come here. Here's the happy part. And then Wendy saved my life on time, I think. She was one of the many spirits, but she was the main one who came through for me when I had pancreatitis from a medicine and I had an acute attack and I felt like I was dying. I think I talked about it in a recent podcast. Wendy came through and she, she, she brought me back. She's given me other gifts too. She introduced me to my boyfriend right now, 12 or 13 years ago, a long time ago. She said we'd be good for each other. I said, Wendy, I have a boyfriend or fiance. <laughs> and then it was husband. She wouldn't she was pretty relentless with it. Wendy was fun. She still is. I uh I have borders and boundaries around looking at Wendy because it is so personal, it is so private, and I have complicated feelings around that relationship. That never really felt like it had closure, and I guess as a medium I could get it. But I'm not ready, so I wouldn't be accurate with what I'm picking up. And another loss is um, my recent husband, his, his friendship, the good side, the good parts and the good times, and the children, mainly the kids, the family experience. I have a feeling of grief to not be with my children every day like I had been for so many years and I miss you guys I miss them I still talk to them on messenger we keep in touch we see each other here and there it's hard though the grief is that one's really fresh yeah I'm trying to have that word just come to me or that phrase or something you need to hear that I can express it with what grief could be about what's the point even as a medium love it's okay to love they come back carol astrologer carol star says you know i do a reading and whenever they ask if he's coming back i always tell them they do because they do she says they always come back and she's right even the spirits come back 
Carol, thank you for that. On that note, I'd like to say thank you to Everclear, our sponsor. Everclear is an advice app where you can get advice from psychics and empaths so you can get the clarity you need to create the life you deserve. Carol and I are both astro uh, astrologers. I'm not an astrologer on Everclear as well as so many of the wonderful people I've interviewed on this podcast. I can't recommend any of them enough. But uh, you come there, you know, you read bios, you'll connect with a picture, go with your intuition. If you want to try to get a professional reading from someone who really means it and really wants to help, and some of them really specialize in this topic of grief and can give you what you need at the moment because they have done it. Because they remember and allow themselves to remember and feel and still have healed and learned from it and value and love afterward. They value the love that was there. They value the love that is there. They value the love that's eternal in the divine. And all we do is that when we find peace and grief. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. A post note. I listened back to it and I didn't really go all the way with my cat colors and I was wrong with my white cat. So I may have mentioned this in our cat love podcast with Terry. But, okay, the black cat is the witch's cat, the mystic's cat, and the tortoiseshell cat is the artist's cat. The, I was about to say the musician cat, and then straight into the white cat, and that's when Einstein, my half-white, half-beige cat, rose-gold cat, uh, tuxedo, leaned back against my computer and knocked my microphone out. Always a communicator. Tells him. He does tell it. All you do, I know him tell. If you listen to him, he'll tell. Tell you something. And the gray, the gray will get you out of your head. And the orange will bring out your creativity and your nurturing side. And the white cat, I'm sorry, the white the tuxedo will bring out your playful flirty side. The Siamese can um, bring back ancient memories, and as well as Abyssinians and some of the older breeds, supposedly. I've never had an older breed. My experience with Siamese, uh, what they taught me was tolerance, honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> tolerance and boundaries <laughs> and love within those. So, you know... Um, Trying to think, uh, did I cover all the main cat go? Uh, calico, calico cat. What was the calico cat? I think the calico was to kind of even out all areas of your life and bring something special about yourself to the surface that you can work with and be happy about. Um, and I think that's all I remember for the cat colors. Have a great night, day, evening, afternoon. Peace out.